this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast i'm ji sampad your host for today's episode non fungible tokens or nfts as they are known have been around for a while but they suddenly went mainstream this year attracting the attention of cryptocurrency investors and traders the most spectacular news about nfts was of course the sale of a tokenized digital artwork titled every days the first 5000 days by an artist called beeple for 69 million us dollars interestingly until last october the highest price that this artist had received for any of his works was 100 us dollars so are nfts primarily a digital art related phenomenon a way to trade digital art or will they have a wider impact extending to other domains such as music gaming fintech and real estate to help us better understand the whole nft phenomenon we have with us dr merab ozer who joins us from new jersey Dr Ozair is a fintech faculty member at Rutgers Business School. She is a data scientist, a quant strategist and a crypto blockchain expert. Dr Ozair, welcome to the Infocus podcast. Uh thank you for having me. Uh Dr Ozair, let me start with a basic question. Uh, I think our uh, lay audience members would be uh, interested to know and get their facts right. What exactly are NFTs, and how are they different from Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? I guess uh, first we have to understand the the concept of what is um, um, fungible versus non fungible because NFT because you just mentioned that uh, NFT stands for non fungible tokens. but the concept of fungible versus non fungible has been around since the beginning of time so let's first understand that on on in the physical world so if you think about it uh, a fungible fungible is some is everything that is intangible and also sometimes in, indistinguishable so the best example for that is let's say like a $1 bill right so if you take a $1 bill so $1 bill is basically intangible why because it doesn't matter which dollar um bill you use in order for you to go to the store and buy something right i mean the the cashier will accept any 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 bill right whether it's a rupee i don't know whatever currency you use but it just uh um the same thing but uh it is it, it's but it's not indistinguishable in the sense that it has a serial number this is how the central bank uh, track it usually so now when we're thinking about non fungible then that means it has to be unique and if it is unique then you can think about anything from uh an artwork uh a painting um Uh, an action movie uh, a video even this bo- podcast you can think about as a unique uh, um uh, a, a unique product or or service so everything it it could be digital it could be physical but as long as it is unique and it's not intangible 
then this is non-fungible. So now let's take that to the um, tokenization world. And the analogous to uh, $1 bill is Bitcoin because Bitcoin doesn't matter. We know which Bitcoin you use in order to transfer or pay for, for anything. So this is, in a sense, when we're going to the tokenization world. From, uh, and, and non-fungible are, you know, like the example that you just mentioned, like the Beeple uh, art uh, and we heard about the people, we heard about uh, a tweet, you know, that uh, Mark Dorsey has uh, NFTs his tweet and everything that's digital that you can NFT uh, and become a token, then that's going to be an unfungible and in a tokenization world. So I hope that helped you better understand the difference between fungible versus non-fungible. Right. So basically, you're, you're saying that uh, non-fungible is something unique, whereas fungible can be sort of uh, interchangeable with other uh, units of its kind. You also mentioned uh, uh, you also mentioned uh, Twitter Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey auctioning an NFT of his first tweet right. for about two point nine million dollars. Right. First of all, why why would someone want to pay for something that is easily accessed online? I mean, what exactly are you buying? And where is the value in this uh, when it, when you know that this tweet, anybody can read this tweet. Why is it valuable? Where is the value coming from? Okay, the value coming from the authentication and the fact that you know that it's original. For example, if you think about it, um, let's put this, let's go to the physical world for a second. Let's say that you are, you can go to the museum and you can see like a Van Gogh painting or Rembrandt painting and you can take a, a photo of it, right? And you have it on your computer, right? And, or you can have a YouTube, you know, there you probably heard about them. Uh, this, uh, the two boys that um, have um, Charlie beat my finger and they just NFT that YouTube. But everyone has already right. seen it, right? And, and right. probably everyone has already a copy on, on their computer. So you can say the same thing. I mean, if everyone already has a copy, who cares? But it's not the same thing because remember that the copy that you have, it's a copy. It's not the original, right? Same idea like if you take a photo of that painting from at the museum, you have a copy, right? It's not the original. The only one who has the original, the authentication of, of the original is the museum, right? They have all the documents. It, it is, if they have the, um, authentication with the signature of the, of the, uh, of the artist, uh, uh, of the painter, um, et cetera. Same with the NFTs. There is an authentication to it, right? And those authentication is immutable. You cannot alter it, you cannot change it. You cannot, uh, um, make any, it's going to stay there forever. And you have this authentication, like a signature, that this is the original. So if you are a, co a, a collector, right, or and, and you care about, you know, investing in, in collectibles, then you care about the authenticity, right? This is why you buy a painting from the original and not the copy. And but by though, definition, uh, sorry, sorry to inter interrupt, mm -hmm. Dr. Rosa, but just, just to understand, by definition, mm -hmm. uh, one has always assumed that anything digital uh, cannot be what, what do we call original, right? It's basically what? It's a binary zeros and ones. Like, how can anything digital be original at all in the first place in the sense 
a painting is original because you can you can actually say that this painting was done at this particular point of time. Right, so but on. you can say the same thing with NFTs. That's the whole point. This is why NFTs basically brought the physical world into the digital world because NFTs is a smart contract. It's a code. It has a, 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 a timestamp. It has an authentication. It has a serial, so to, so to speak, a serial number. It's a, basically a, a hash number, right? So it's like a serial number. So basically the NFT, the tokenization helped bring the physical authentication to the digital world. And this right. is how you authenticate everything. Right. So you're saying, so is it, would it be accurate to say NFT is, uh, is essentially a technology? Uh, that enables enables the creation of digital collectibles. Not just collectibles. Anything can be uh, tokenized and NFTs. I mean, anything that is unique. You can think about, uh, for, from a business perspective, you can think about tokenizing wine, and there's already a use case that does that. There's a company in Asia that uh, it just launched a pilot uh, with, I think, uh, I think it's uh, Ernst & Young, they, they have um, created like a blockchain that uh, using that, um, their help and their, their platform, they created basically the tokenized wine and all other types of, uh, um, of, of products that are basically unique. So, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't get you that. They tokenized what exactly? Wine. Wine, because here's, you think about it, you know, wine is, it can be very unique, right? You know, there are all kinds of, of, um, brands of wine. There's all kinds of flavors, um, different wineries, different regions, and it's definitely unique. Some people do collect bottles of wine. I'm not an expert but, but in wine. Can't, uh, but one can't drink digital wine, right? No, but it's not about the digital wine. You are NFTing the wine in order to track it, right? To authenticate it. That's okay. the idea. It's not about, it's like you can authenticate, you can NFT a, a land deed, right? You can authenticate a title, a certificate. It doesn't mean that you're going to use it in, as, as digital. It just means that you can authenticate it digitally that's what it means and you can track it on the blockchain and use all the features of of uh, of the blockchain from transparency to mutability accessibility uh, etc right so uh, we have all these various platforms uh, mm -hmm. where all, where people can potentially create uh, nft tokens can an ordinary person create an nft token and try to sell it I mean, if somebody wanted to do uh, uh, create an NFT of, of their tweet or a photograph, if I wanted to make an NFT of my selfie, for example, mm -hmm. how do I do it? How do I tokenize? Why do I go for that? Well, there are, there are many platforms out there. And uh, basically, uh, I can name a few. I mean, there's uh, um, Deepa Lab and there's uh, OpenSea and Rubberball and uh, the most... Uh, the nifty getaways and marketplace and makerplace, et cetera, et cetera. So there are two ways to do it. One is that you can either you know how to write a code, right? And you create your NFT. That's one way. 
Another way is that you can hire a developer to do that for you. This is what a lot of people have done, uh, including someone like, um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the football players here in the States, like the Manning brothers, and uh, they basically hired someone to do that for them. Or, or there are some platforms like um, Data Lab, for example, or even Nifty Getaway, that they will say to you that they are offering you the ability to create uh, to create it for you. So you can just, you know, uh, you know, contact them, tell them what the project is, and they can do it for you. Uh, so that's. Um, how someone can do it, uh, of course, for a fee, uh, but that's uh, that's uh, something that, that they will provide. I can tell you that I have a student uh, who's not, uh, in fact, a developer by any means. He doesn't know how to code. And he was able to create uh, maybe something simple, like uh, some kind of a digital type of um, photo, uh, like a elephant or no, some, some art, you know, digital art and he NFT it on his own. And um, so, so there is a way to do it. I mean, today it's, it's, I mean, there are so many resources out there that makes it very simple for you to do it. So it's not like uh, no one can do it and only like the, I don't know, you have to be either a developer or a multimillionaire like Dorsey in order to create it. So, so it, it is possible. But but it doesn't mean. But even if I say hire a developer to create uh, an NFT token, uh, there is no guarantee that I would be able to sell it or make any money from it. How how does it happen that some tokens are are selling for so many millions of dollars, or others uh, may not even be noticed? But is, isn't that the case here too? Well, it's like anything. I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, does uh, does it does. It does Every product or every service um, sells for, for a lot of money. Any investment or any any stock is, is sold for, for a lot, or real estate uh, is, is sold for a lot of money. No, right? You know, some are going to be sold for a lot and some for not. Some has to do with good marketing and good hype, right? Uh, and some has to do with the actual value, but. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that everything is going to be sold for thousands, if not millions of dollars. It depends. Um, so, but, but it has, but it at least it allows you the potential to have another source of income if you, if you want to try it. So, so I think that it, it can democratize uh, society and people can, uh, can try and NFT their videos. I mean, your podcast, for example, you can NFT it. I'm now talking to um, to a reporter here in the US, and he's thinking of you know doing like a, an experiment with me and NFTing his uh, article. Uh, so just for the purpose of you know experimentation and see for how much it's going to be sold, and so. I think everything can be NFT'd and I think that eventually people, that's what they're going to do and this is how they're going to create their source of income. If you ask me, for example, these two boys, you know, that just NFT's their, uh, the video of uh, Charlie beat my finger, they just mentioned that back in the days when they put on YouTube, that was like, I think 13 years ago or something, that YouTube was like the, the, the hype, the, the new thing. And this is why they put on YouTube. 
now they know that the new thing is is NFT. So they put it down from from YouTube, and uh, so it's no longer available on YouTube. But and then they NFT it, and they sold it for over seven hundred and sixty thousand um, the um, thousand dollars. So it's just to tell you that. There is a trend. I mean, we're now getting into the tokenization world and, and this is going to stay. This is how people are going to create new source of income. Right. You you interestingly uh, spoke about uh, NFTs being uh, a democratizing uh, kind mm-hmm. of a, a force. And mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking, and, you, and it's also basically about collecting and ownership and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, does, doesn't this require some kind of a basic psychological shift uh, before someone, I mean, more and more people uh, would be ready to sort of spend huge sums of money purely for ownership bragging rights. You know, especially when you when you bought something which is not easily available for display; it's just a piece of code. Isn't there some kind of a psychological shift in behavior that is needed before NFTs can become really big? I I not completely sure because I tell you why because I think that we are already everything is almost uh, just think about it this way our life today is much different than what it was let's say five years ago even uh, not to mention ten or twenty years ago right everything is is digital these days right um, now we have a cashless economy. Uh, the, or you almost don't even use any bank account or, or cash. I mean, everything is digital, right? And bank account digital, if you think about it, is <laughs> your digital money. Um, everything that we do is is remote. Everything that we do is 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 digital. I mean, all of our documents are digital. So the concept of of digital, I think, is especially for the younger generation, is like second nature. So. I don't see it as a dramatic um, psychological shift, especially not for the for the young generation who's going to take us to the future and who and who are and is the one is the generation that's going to really going to use it more than anybody else. So um, I think that it's coming, and I think that yeah, they, if you think about it, like the 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 example with the two boys who immediately, you know, NFTs uh, their YouTube, it just makes sense to me, perfect sense that this is what they're going to do. Uh, so I, I don't quite see that there will be a dramatic uh, psychological shift here because we already see that everything is digital these days. It's just taking right. it to the next level, that's all. Right. So, given that there has been a surge in uh, NFT trading volumes in recent times, is there a regulatory mechanism for the sale and purchase and creation and so on of NFTs? And if, if uh, I mean, how can I buy it? If I'm buying an NFT token, mm-hmm. how do I know? I'm not an expert in software. How do I know that it's a real thing and not some random thing and I'm not being ripped off? And how do I make sure, given that I don't know what is the regulatory scene right now? Okay, so from I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, you probably already seen the in the media that uh, there are a lot of regulators worldwide that are trying to figure out how to and if and how to regulate NFTs. Uh, but before we jump into regulation, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm very 
I just say that weary to say the least of regulation that can force regulation on anything. So the way I see it is that, you know, you can still protect yourself because, you know, the, the whole idea of of this, um, of tokenization is the, the main concept. If you think about it from the beginning of, of the first Bitcoin is that it's very, everything is trackable and everything is transparent, right? That's all idea. And it's accessible for everyone because it's, everything is on the, on, on public, right? So you can definitely access the code. You can definitely access the smart contract. So yes, you say to me like, oh, I don't know the code, so I don't know whether it's, it's a, what the code does. But I mean, uh, but the, the idea that it is transparent for everyone to see, right? You know, so everyone can check it. I mean, maybe you don't know how to code, but you probably know someone who does. And um, so you, I mean, so everyone can see that code. So you can't really f- kind of make, make believe that you you know, saying that you, that the code supposed to be at to do something and then it doesn't because everyone can see it. So it's very hard to um, forge something in, in that sense. So it can be forged, it can be uh, changed, it can be uh, altered, and everyone can see it and access it and, and, and basically view it and audit it and, and see whether the code does whatever it's supposed to do. So that's one thing from that perspective and another thing that I that there is a, um, a platform and I believe that there will be others like that like Rubberball for example and what they do they uh, try to protect both the users and also the um, the, the creator of, of the NFT so they um, first of all before uh, when everyone, when someone upload any NFT, they, uh, make sure that it is, uh, the person is, 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 is really, um, someone that is reputable. Uh, so they, they make sure that, uh, if, if they track and, and they have some kind of algorithm that, um, if they, if they see, you know, that the person is not credible, then they take it down. And they also make sure that uh, um, the, the the creator can collect their royalties. Uh, so, so in both in both cases, they both protect the users and the creators. So they are. Which platform from, is this? You're talking ra- about which platform? It's Rarible. Okay. I I can Rarible Rarible, and um, they they basically. Uh, created some kind of a DAO, meaning uh, decentralized autonomous um, organization type of thing, like uh, that, that it is basically the users. There's a voting mechanism. Uh, you can uh, vote. You can uh, um, um, suggest some kind of proposal for for the change of the protocol. So they're making it more like you know like a membership. That that, that this platform is governed by the membership. It's for the memberships and governed by the memberships. So the, so the users and, and the creators are protected because they both have an incentive to um, first the creators to upload the you know something authentic and the users you know to make sure that they are really. Um, Paying uh, and rewarding the the creators. So right. Um, right. So 
you know, the, the all the, the beauty, I mean, I think, of, and, and the whole concept of, of, of tokenization was, you know, in the first place with the first Bitcoin, as I said, the Bitcoin blockchain is that everything is transparent. Everything is, is, um, done is for the members. It's the peer to peer then, and it's governed by the members. So, and I think that this can happen. Right. So you're saying that the transparency itself would would uh, serve as some kind of a check on on fraudsters who are trying to make a quick buck and so on. Now, uh, at the same time, we 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 are also finding that increasingly uh, investors uh, are being advised to allocate some part of their investment portfolio to an NFT fund mm-hmm. uh, because they are the future and uh, so on. Mm-hmm. So, like, what exactly does an NFT fund such as uh, MetaPurse, for example, founded by by this Indian origin person, Vignesh Sundaration, mm-hmm. actually do? Well, are they similar to crypto funds or are they do they do something else? Well, here's the thing. I mean, like, I mean, if you look at uh, um, at the one that you just mentioned, the uh, Metaverse. I mean, they this fund is not necessarily the type of funds that I would expect NFTs funds to be like. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's very much, let's put it this way. It's very much like, you know, you have many hedge funds, right? And like yeah. in any asset class, you know, not all hedge funds are the same, right? So I also believe that, the, that not all NFT funds will be the same and will have the, the same, uh, initiative and the same purpose and the same goal and the same incentives, et cetera, right? Like in any fund. And in, in the case of, of metaphors, I mean, their, their goal is different. I mean, they have some kind of a social element to it. And, uh, if you, if you go to, to the website, you can see that they even have a, like a studio where they can help you create your NFTs. Um, they have some kind of a, purpose and this is why they call themselves the metaphors right i think they have some kind of a purpose probably on on, on what nfts are and, and what they're supposed to serve and i i'm not sure that all nft funds are going to do the same because some will probably just buy it for investments right you know like a collectible but like uh, like a real estate something like that so necessarily they will not not all of them will offer also a studio that will help you develop uh, an NFT if you want to right so everyone is different so uh, i'm not sure whether you know that is the best example for an NFT fund uh, but uh, but i'm just saying it's very 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 similar to any funds you know in any asset class i mean not if if you have like i don't know you have thousands if not I don't know, hundreds of thousands of funds that invest in equity. Though not all, but not all of them are the same, right? <laughs> are, are you saying that uh, this metaverse is more of an evangelical fund for uh, publicizing NFTs rather than just making returns for investors? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the website, they even say that they don't necessarily care about ROI. Right. Return on investment. So this is not, that's what they claim, that this is not really their main objective. Okay. But so that's an interesting point you're making because he paid $69 million for every day. So was it like a one-off stunt for publicity and cultural capital or does it really you know, justify such an extremely 
high valuation? I mean, like, how do you assess? I, well, I think there was a, there definitely was a hype here. I, okay. You said yourself, you know, that beforehand, uh, people wasn't able to, to sell anything above, I don't know, $100, $1,000 or something. I mean, $69 a million is, is a lot of money. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it was some kind of a publicity marketing type of thing and also maybe a publicity for this fund. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, people claim that they don't care about ROI, but I'm not sure if this is really what they mean, right? So yeah. people can claim a lot of things. So I don't know. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. just uh, moving away to a slightly more uh, specific uh, domain. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people say that uh, NFTs will be central to game worlds, where in-game purchases of digital assets would constitute a huge. Uh, domain of cultural activity for brands, bigger brands. So how do you see NFTs uh, fitting into the whole game universe? And how? And, and, and I believe many uh, people are convinced that it would also impact offline commercial businesses as well. So how do you see this developing? I mean, if you think about it, the first NFT was a game, right? CryptoKitty. I'm sorry, how, how, which, how was the first NFT a game? I'm sorry. The first NFT was created by Dapper Lab back in, um, I think, October or November of 2017. Okay. And it was a game which was called, which is called still, still, I mean, if you, if you, if you go to any uh, platform, uh, you can still see it uh, active, uh, very okay. active. It's called Crypto Kitty. Kitty, okay. like a, like a, like a kitty cat. Right, right, right. Yes. And the whole idea was like a game, meaning why was it an NFT? Because, you know, the whole idea is like you, each and every, if you think about it, if you have an, an animal or each and every human or each and every animal is unique, right? You know, even if it's, you have a dog or a cat or, I don't know, a mouse <laughs> or a, a cow. I mean, they all, even though it's a cow, you can say a cow is a cow, but it's not, right? Because you can say the same thing about humans, right? We're not the same, right? Each and every one of us is unique. So the whole idea was, you know, you, you, you create this NFT kitty and you breed it and you play with it and then you sell it and etc. So that was, you know, the first game <laughs> as an NFT. The first one, and we all forgot about it because of, you know, the bust, you know, the bubble and the bust of, of what happened with the crypto space back in the late 2017. And we all forgot that we had an NFT back in the days. And then it came back during the COVID <laughs> pandemic and everyone kind of like started, you know, thinking, oh, it's a new thing. No, it's not a new thing. It has been around for a long time. Right. So I, I definitely see see it as as um, as a mode for for gaming, and as a way to to uh, empower gaming in a way. Uh, so because the first one was a game, so I I I definitely see the application there. Right. It, uh, one other uh, sort of narrative that is gaining ground mm -hmm. uh, in recent times is that NFTs will be. Uh, central to what they call the metaverse, you know, a sort mm -hmm. of a digital overlay 
on the offline world and vice versa. And you refer to that when you said NFTs are a way to bring uh, characteristics of the physical world into the digital uh, world. And that's where we are moving towards. So, uh, and this is meant to be another reason why NFTs are here to stay. Like, uh, how do you uh, respond to this uh, line of thinking? I I very much support it because the way I see things is like, you know, um, I'm very much into, I'm, I'm very much a tech person and I'm very much into uh, sci-fi, science, um, uh, science fiction. Um, but you can, if you think about it, we have to first envision and imagine and then technology follows. So I'm sure that you've seen all these sci-fi movies, you know, when you push a button and suddenly you're the place where you are, suddenly you are in some kind of a resort or you are on the beach or I don't know, on the top of the Himalaya or something like that. I'm sure you've seen that, uh, yeah. this kind of, and I, I think that this is where we headed with our virtual world. Everything is going to be virtual. Our offices, our houses, our uh, resorts. Uh, I think whatever we we think that is sci-fi is going to be a reality. And then you have to authenticate it, right? So how are you going to authenticate it? You're going to do it with an NFT. So, and everything, I think that everything will be some kind of a virtual we're going to live in a virtual world, even maybe our clothes will be, whatever we wear is going to be, uh, virtual. I mean, the, the decor, the, the, everything, the, 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 uh, the decorative, uh, um, products that we, the, that we have, uh, will be, uh, also, um, tokenized and, and virtual. That's the way I see it because we we're heading to that, to that place, if you ask me. If you think about it, you know, what we're doing, I mean, all the Zoom conferences that, that we have today, that was sci-fi in the 80s. And right. and now it's be it's a reality. So I very much see it happening and it might happen even sooner than we think. Um so and and tokenization will help us authenticate everything that we create in this virtual right. world. Right. You, 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 you just spoke about uh, authentication uh, being such an important element of uh, going virtual. And mm-hmm. some NFT uh, evangelists, I mean, they go so far as to say that uh, not just digital art or digital collectibles, but NFTs are the future of all ownership assets, yep. from ownership yep. of uh, intellectual property to even ownership of real world assets at yes. homes and buildings. Yes. Like, like, how does it work? I mean, can you just explain a little bit? Like, how can it be the future of ownership? What does it even mean? Because, you know, you can basically, if you think about it, you can NFT a land deed, a title, a certificate, a college certificate, your ID, uh, everything. I mean, that is unique can be NFT'd. A real estate property can be NFT. So everything can be NFT and be, and, and you can basically create a digital authentication of that NFT. And, and the, the, the advantage of that is that because it is, it is tokenized and because it, it, it is going to be launched on, on the blockchain and it's going to, um, uh, be, um, uh, be on, uh, I mean, 
so to speak, live on the on the blockchain, then it's going to have all the features of of the of a, of a, of a, a blockchain or coin call it a DLT, which is distributed ledger technology, which means that it's going to be transparent and it's going to be trackable and traceable and has the globalization and accessibility and uh, and and twenty four seven and. Uh, um, uh, fric- frictionless, uh, frictionless, and uh, uh, and low cost, if not uh, fr- uh, completely no cost, and so it, all the benefits of, of that you have with a distributed ledger, you can have with this authentication, and and the good thing is that you know because it is global and accessible from anywhere, then everyone can be able to be part of this. Um, uh, own chip from anywhere. So, right. so, so does this mean is a, are we looking at some kind of an alternative or a parallel uh, to the copyright current intellectual copyright regime? I mean, the copyrights are one ways in which uh, uh, people are able to um, authenticate and claim ownership. Is there a alternative copyright regime coming up in the form of NFTs, or you don't think that poses a threat to the existing copyright regime? I think everything will be NFT at at some point. That's right. the way I see it. But I might be wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. My last question to you, uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Rosé. Uh, this is just uh, uh, coming from from a, from a general generalist pers- uh, perspective. Given that there have been such uh, crazes in the past, and many people have. Uh, compared the current NFT uh, interest to the tulip uh, bubble of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you think everybody who is investing in NFTs really understands uh, what they are putting their money into or are they just following the tulip bubble kind of the herd mentality here? Well, I have to separate that to to kind of two questions. One, is is there a bubble, right? First, first, First of all. Right. So whether there is a bubble or not, we only know in hindsight. After the fact, we know whether we've been in a bubble or not. There's no way to know that while you're going through it. So we might be, I don't know, we might be in a bubble right now and then everything will burst and and, and all these investments will be, I don't know, worth much less than what they are today. That's one thing. Uh Another, so the second question, does everyone know what they're investing in? So you have to think about like any investment, right? You know, whether you invest in real estate or invest in a project or in a, in a company, in a startup, in, in, in whatever, you, I don't know, whatever you invest in, you have to do your due diligence. I mean, does everyone does their due diligence whenever, the, whenever they invest? Probably not. Some do, some don't. Some just, you know, buy with the hype. And I do believe that some, maybe pay too much because of they just wanted to be because of the hype because they wanted to buy it because everyone is buying it so they want to also be part of this crazy party hyping um, craze so I, I don't know which investments are gonna really be worth uh, more in the future and, and those are will not, but I definitely would do my due diligence for sure. Like any so you're saying that, uh, so, so just to sort of uh, rephrase what you're saying, you're, you're essentially pointing out that 
while uh, individual nft investments uh, would require due diligence as a broader trend nfts are uh, going to be the future and they are here to say is is, is that what your final thoughts would be Yes, but the when what I believe is you know when I'm thinking when I'm saying you know it's going to be the future because I see a lot of business use cases. I think that the, that what we're going to see is the business use cases of NFTs that we just mentioned, and this is what is going to stay. The hype of the collectibles, yeah, that's going to be, but that's not really what NFTs are all about. I think the the use cases from a business perspective that we just mentioned, this is what's going to stay, and this is what's going to take us to the future. Right. So it's not so. The, while the digital collectibles and the auctions might grab eyeballs for NFTs, you're saying that the real value for them lies in their business use. Uh, is right. Yep. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Doctor Rosary. It was really illuminating talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you on NFT. Thank you. So much. Likewise, and thank you for having me. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.